A pony is any horse shorter than 14 and a half hands. During the Norman conquest of England in 1066, the average height of a war horse was about 14 hands. In other words, England was defeated by a bunch of very buff ponies. Welcome to Two Thirds Differently, Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm Red. And I'm still Jimmy. <laughs> and you will all, it, it's it's like Jan is here. Yeah. He's already calling me out on the bullshit I do. <laughs> well, you scrubbed the intro once, so it's only fair play from Jimmy to yeah. notice. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy, for being with us for this <laughs> Christmas yes, episode. You. It's oh, thank again, you guys for having me. I'm glad to see you guys. Again, it's a big gift for us to have you. Thank uh, you. That's an honor. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah very much so. Thank you. You only had I'm, to remind me 40 times, and then I was still 10 minutes late, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, we do kind of know you, and that you do get slightly distracted at times. Yeah. I was sanding uh, this weekend, I'll put out part one on Christmas Day. I'll put out part Christmas Eve Day. I'll put out part one of the boat build that I've been working on since the spring. Mm-hmm. And in that, uh, today, we, me and my, my, my assistant was sanding the inside of the boat, so I got wrapped up in palm sanding the inside uh, you might have seen from from some of my instagram stories we did the i did the outside epoxy i pulled it off of the mold and flipped it over and now i'm sanding the inside which is is hypnotic and then all of a sudden i looked at my phone for some dumb reason and it was 10 minutes after two and i remembered we were supposed to get together and i ran up to the house <laughs> that's your spider sense too yeah you know that something is happening you exactly i mean it, yeah. that's there's always that little tingling in my brain it's like you're forgetting something you're forgetting something somewhere somebody's waiting for you and i i always remember about 10 minutes later so usually well i mean it's still not too late yeah no tragedy Absolutely. though is when i have that tingling and then i remember that i was supposed to do something at two o'clock but the day before Oh, Ooh. that was yeah, exactly 24 different. hours later, and I'm like, oh man, I really screwed up. At, at that point, I think you need to go in and get yourself serviced and have that calibrated again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably overdue. But, uh, just, just, just for the few people out there who don't know you, uh-huh. can we give like the short history uh-huh. of what a Jimmy is? What a Jimmy is is uh, somebody that makes something. I've been making things my whole life, and. About uh, about 20 years ago, I started making stuff on TV with my brother on our very first TV show. We did about six to seven different TV shows over the last 22 years. And oh, wow. my first show was that long ago, and that's when I kind of got the bug. And so fast forward to 2011, when we had done a show for Discovery Channel. And then right around that same time, I really started paying closer attention to YouTube. And so I decided to start making videos for YouTube in 2011. And a whole new world and a whole new group of friends uh, from around the globe opened up for me and led me to where I am now. So it's been 11 years that I've been making videos on YouTube, making YouTube content of me making things. And it's it's been a wonderful ride. I met so many great people like you two guys and everybody else that we all know together and everybody. It's yeah. been great. And then uh, 2016, I started doing classes at the house and Red came and spent some time at the house, which was a, yeah. it was magical when we were doing those classes. It was, it was great. You were there. It was great, and uh, made some lasting friendships with the classes. And then COVID came through, and but uh, just before the COVID uh, crisis, we started doing Maker Camp. And right, you came to one of the Maker yeah. Camps, didn't you? Not yet. I, oh, you I, No, I really want to come. Like maybe next year. Or, like yeah. we, we've 
we've moved and we've bought this this house uh, apartment or condo whatever you call it yeah. uh and i've done the all the renovation and it's been like sucking my money out of my pocket like crazy yeah i can imagine <laughs> so, so i couldn't i i couldn't make it this year but i yeah. i really want to to right. do it uh sometime in the future yeah 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 well this will be the fifth anniversary this october coming up it'd be nice Ooh. it's going to be a big celebration i mean it's always a big celebration but this is going to be a good one yeah and, Ra and rasmus you were there you were there yeah yeah i think there was uh i, m I might have missed someone but i think we were, we were only four people from europe right at least who, who traveled from europe over because there was uh steve house there was uh laura who? kampf uh simon Gertz. <laughs> yeah we, nobody knows house <laughs> and and there was me and i mean that was the four of us i think from to yeah. travel from europe to get there but a lot of canadians too did you guys get your portrait yeah. taken together as europeans because the photographer uh, was no, doing we groups. Didn't. mark adams was doing groups of people he did a lot of canadian photographs of like the groups of canadians that came and I, 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 yeah, Mark Adams, too. Uh, man, he, that's a legend when it comes to photography. He's the best. But yeah, uh, yeah, he, no, he, he took a couple of pictures of me, both with Steve and Brett and a few other f of the Fools gang. Mm -hmm. And I also had a few taken with Pat Lap to make, to really annoy another Norwegian friend of mine. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was great. Yeah. We'll try to be, to be more, uh, European at the next Mega Camp. I, yeah. I hope to yeah. be more European. Yeah, it would be great to have like a whole bunch of us going uh, to the US and well, you know, to be yeah, to be fair friends. too to the Europeans, COVID's still a thing because when I went out to England in May, mm -hmm. Zach Herberbolt got stuck behind because he yeah. it was still the COVID yeah. curfew, making sure you yeah. did, if you couldn't get on the plane if you tested positive, and Zach got stuck in town, and and then this this summer Taylor went to Europe and she's like, come with, and I said, you know what, I don't want to run the risk of us both getting stuck in Europe if there's a COVID situation. So she went yeah. and I didn't. I stayed home, mm. take care of the house. So going into next year, hopefully we don't have any more problems like that for either I'm you afraid. coming here or us going there. Because I am going, I'm going to go back to Maker Central in May. Yeah. And then also I'm going nice. to, yeah. I'm going to Australia in, in that, that same two week block. So I'll be going to. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be fun. I'm going to uh, Maker Central and then from Make Essential, I come home, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to kill like a day in London and then go to, go to Australia, going to go to Melbourne. You, you're just getting all the jet lag in one go. Yeah. Well, it's, I was at that, <laughs> I was going to be in that part of the, the world and I figured I'd just stay there and, and then they're like, no, we can't get a ticket. There's, you're going to have to come back to I New York. I think there's a and... bit of a difference between <laughs> London and Australia though. Oh no, for sure. For sure. But it's like, the idea was like, do I leave America, go to Europe? then come back oh, to yeah. america uh, for like one 20 hour period and then get back on a plane and go to australia and oh we, yeah that, we yeah. went back and forth and ultimately the guys who were booking my trip for australia said you might as well just stay in london we figured it out yeah can, can we ask why you're going to australia is it for like work uh demonstration talk pleasure vacation i've been hired, I've been hired by the cia to assassinate another maker oh <laughs> <laughs> now i'm going wow. for a thing called TimberCon live mm-hmm and there's uh, uh, some, I wish I could, they haven't sent me the credentials yet for the event, which okay. they're going to. So I'll start posting exactly who is sponsoring the trip. And I mean, I know, I know who's sponsoring me, but the, uh, the where to buy tickets and where to see the events and the schedule of events. I'm waiting for them to send me that so I could then, of course, post it on social media. But it's called TimberCon Live and you could find out more about it. It's going to be four days of 
live stage events and question and answers and it's going to be a whirlwind it's going to be fun and i'm going with april from the united states april wilkerson's going oh. to be there and then there's also oh, two or cool. three europeans i wish i knew their names because again i haven't seen the any of the criteria yet and there's going to be a couple of australians so there'll be like i think there's two people from here and then two people from europe and two people from australia and we'll be the like the panel okay great yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a big whirlwind, but I'm excited to go. You know if where in Australia it is? Like Sydney, uh, Perth? Uh, it's going to be in Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you the might be I able to mention. find some information on it right now, even though they haven't released any to me. Um, yeah, I'm Googling it, and I only see for this year. That was in September, apparently. Oh, okay. So, like I said, they still, I think they're still waiting maybe? to get the credentials together. Then, yeah. TimberCon Live may be the week of May 18th. Yeah, okay. No. Then I guess information will be there suddenly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm waiting. Like I said, they keep telling me they're going to send me stuff. And I guess it's not. I just assumed it was up yet. But whatever. That's I'm, yeah. I'm not hired to do the graphics. I'm just hired to show up. So I'm <laughs> and, and what are NDAs for anyway? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, they never had me, <laughs> si they have, they never had me sign anything. They just said, you know, Ooh, any okay. minute you can promote. So. But that's cool. fun. And then, of course, Maker Central is going to be the fourth or the fifth. I don't even remember. I lost count now. Uh, fourth? Fourth, I think. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think, it's gonna be yeah you've been to all of them, haven't you? It's just the one year, uh, 21, where they skipped. Yeah, because of COVID, yeah. Or was it? It got moved oh. like six times. And then finally, he just said, No, right. 21. One yeah, was canceled uh, oh, and, and one, one was moved uh, forward down the line like twice. Some, yeah, anyway. Like I think this is the fourth one. Yeah. So coming up. Yeah, but uh, Jimmy, you, you also, I think you mentioned this at some point that some of the things that you really like about traveling to all these events is not only meeting people but also like sharing what maybe not what you do but like the joy around making. Oh yeah, no, just the joy of meeting people. It's great. It's you know the good thing about this community and something I say all the time. You don't need to be, you know, as big as Colin Furs to to be in the loop. You know, everybody's in the loop, which is something I really yeah. enjoy. I mean, I remember meeting Colin at the first one. I went over and I just said, man, I really love what you do. And, da, 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 da. and we were just chit-chatting. And, you know, he's a very personable guy. And he goes, oh, kind of like what you do. And I was like, you know who I am? He goes, of course <laughs> I do. I was like, oh, he knows who I am. I was so I was so giddy, yeah. like a little kid when I realized him and Tom knew me. And do you realize were, that's the reaction that everybody has when we get to you and <laughs> and thank you for what you do and your videos and you answer by you answer us by our name because you know who we are. <laughs> we have the same reaction. Exactly that's why the same. I, that's, I, definitely, and that's why I love this community because, like I said, I remember and I I tweeted about it back in the day, but nobody would remember because this was so long ago. I remember Mr. Pete. 222. He's a machinist in America. Yeah. Everybody loves Mr. Pete. If you haven't seen him yet, go follow Mr. Pete. He's a, he does traditional machining and he was a high school teacher who taught traditional machinist work on the Bridgeport and on the lathe, South Bend lathe. And I was always commenting and following him. And then one day, oh, and by the way, you guys, you guys know Taylor. Taylor reached out to, to Mr. Pete and said, we're going to be traveling in Illinois. Can we stop at your shop? And he wrote back, no shop visits ever 
Just like yeah. shut it down. <laughs> but this was early on. This honestly, this was mm-hmm. early on. This is when Mr. Pete was just putting out information and not really interacting. And yeah. then it, like something snapped and he realized what a wonderful community he had access to. And he immediately like gave up. Like he started showing himself on camera, interacting in the comments and, you know, on a friend level. He would interact on a technical level, but then he started interacting and becoming, you know, emotionally involved with everybody on a friendship level. And one day I saw in my comment section, he had commented and I was blown away. Like he commented positively, like, I really love what you do. And I couldn't believe it. Like the comment indicated to me that he had been paying close attention for some time because he, it was a very heartfelt message. And I was like, I got the chills, like the hair stood up when I saw it. I was like, to get acknowledged by somebody you've been so uh, happy to watch and somebody that's been meant so much to you for so long and you know it might have been a couple of years at this point but then you know there was also a couple of years prior that he's like no visits ever he didn't know who i was he didn't know who taylor was you know that's fine i was just still starting but when he commented and then i i we started comment talking on a personal level and i said well a few years back my girlfriend tried to set up a shop appointment with you and you said no <laughs> you said no shop visits ever and i just never <laughs> thought i would ever get to meet you and he said and and he goes i'm so embarrassed he goes oh, i'm sorry i said that he goes i was just being very defensive the internet was a new thing to me and it was scary and and anyway so it was really mm. sweet and when we ultimately met we ultimately met at uh, john saunders saunders machine works event he used to do in 2018 i think in 2019 and me and mr pete met in person and we we saw each other and we hugged and we both started crying like wow. two little girls that we were just so <laughs> like the, and then and adam booth was there a bomb 79 was there and yeah it was such a great meeting of all those guys it was really it was really sweet but that's that's why this this is such a wonderful community yeah i, I i'm not gonna say it's unique to the making community but it is definitely stronger, I feel, in the maker community than in many other communities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that not only the joy of meeting people that you follow online and have seen their work, but also like, oh, you've done all of these things. I did this little thing. Right. And it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's inspired. Maybe it's something you can be inspired by. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just like, here's a cool thing that I did. You know, the other thing, too, is like somebody like me or even Mr. Pete or Abom or anybody else who's done so much work. I've been doing this my whole life. I have like a, the list of things I've built in my life is endless. But when I meet somebody who just started building something and mm-hmm. seeing the beginning of their journey is also so exciting because you're like, wow, this is just the very beginning. This person stepped out of his comfort zone to learn how to do this because he might have seen somebody online doing it or he might he knows he needed to do this he knows he needed or she needed to do this they know but they were waiting for the right opportunity finances circumstances relationships yeah. job and then then they're doing it and it's so exciting to see somebody at the very beginning because we were all there we were all there was always that moment there was for everybody you know when somebody meets my meets me and they're like oh i have a small channel i only have a few hundred followers i said there was a time when i had only a few hundred followers it's a long long time ago yeah yes. we, you know we, we all go through the same you know we all go through the yeah. same trajectory so it's, it's, it's very very true thing. what you you said jimmy because um <clears throat> i remember being a few years back uh, working all day long and and I was teaching at the time like uh, all day uh, every every day um, and I had this this real need of using my hand again yeah uh, seeing that I was doing with my dad when I was a kid and that I was doing on my own was when I was uh, a teenager and I stopped because of my studies and my work and 
I stumbled upon your videos and a few other makers on YouTube and I was like, damn, people are making stuff and they are filming it and they are sharing it with the world on YouTube. I had no idea. And I watched all your videos and <clears throat> what, what Rasmus said and what you all, all, also said, like it was the spark, the impulse that I needed to get back yeah. to it because yeah. it was so obvious that... Um, it was a need for me and it, it gave me uh, not only inspiration, but like the, the kick in the butt to get back to it. Like buy the tools that you need, take the time that you need to to do what you need to do. And and yeah, I, I've already told you when we first met, but you, you changed my life because if I oh. haven't found your video online that day, Doing leather work. It was the f the first video. Was, oh wow! Was you doing leather work? You and I. I, I remember you and I had shop. a moment where we cried too. I cry with everybody. I'm a pussy. You and I had a moment where we <laughs> yeah. got tearful together. Yeah, I I remember that, and yeah. it was nice. So yeah. I will cherish that moment for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I'm such no, a no, mush. Uh, seriously, you you are giving. I I don't know if you're aware of that, but you are giving oh, you. to people way more than just. Um, them enjoying your work on YouTube. You are uh, giving the inspiration and also this little spark. I don't I don't know how to call it otherwise. Like the kick in the bed, the spark, whatever it is, yeah. to that push pushes people to pick up a tool and and make something for the first time or right. to get back at it after years. Right. And it can can grow from there and they keep making stuff in their uh, basement, in their garage, in their shed, in their uh, spare room, or start a YouTube channel and grow and, and be part of this maker community and, and then get to travel and go to Maker Central, meet wonderful people and and literally, literally change their life. So oh, thank again, you. thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you. No, it's it's been an honor. Honestly, it's it's been an honor and a responsibility I don't take lightly because I met several people you know the teary-eyed hugs and the, you've changed a lot of things about this or that and you know it's just it's just really it's really a beautiful thing it really is how do you apprehend the idea that you are responsible for um so many guys spending so much money in, in new tools for <laughs> christmas <laughs> well you know we live we live uh i i i'm a little reckless when it comes to money and i'm an advocate for being reckless because you know we live one life at least as far as we know and see so many people spend so much time waiting for the right time and mm -hmm. and then uh, they you know uh, for instance you know everybody knows the story about Aaron my guy uh, who yeah. died you know suddenly and, and I hate to be so morbid but we spend so much time waiting for the right time and you know the right time is really just is right now and uh, you know I don't I don't advocate spending money extremely recklessly, but you know, if you have an urge to do something, and you know, you think that urge will bring you more joy than whatever's happening right there at the moment, just do it. Just do it. Don't I mean, like, don't be reckless and don't be dangerous and don't put anybody's life at risk. But if you have an urge to learn how to carve, just go buy a fucking set of chisels and learn how to carve. You know, don't wait for a birthday present or a gift or something, or you know, or maybe that coincides with an opportunity instead of getting another coffee mug for Christmas, say, you know what, get me a set of chisels for Christmas or get me a, yeah. a, a Dremel tool or whatever it is that's going to begin that journey for you. Get me a small set of leather tools or whatever it is. 
You said scary, that in though. a podcast like so many years ago. I did. Uh, in making <laughs> it. And I heard mm. it and I shared that with my wife. And so <laughs> for Christmas, she bought me my first a uh, set of leather working tools. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, That's great. It's, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like a broken record. I don't know what I've said. No, no, before. you're not. You I mean, you 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 have a, a, a philosophy and you stick to it and 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 that's what's great because the consist consistency in in your um way of seeing uh things like especially making uh -huh. uh, is is so clear and smart. That Thank it you. touches so many people across the world. It's not like a, only an American thing. I no, mean, yeah. everybody knows you in the in the in Europe. Uh, maybe not a few friends of Rasmus because they live under a rock. <laughs> but <laughs> but but we oh, all I'm know you. Hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> we all know you, and we all love you because of the way you think and you approach things, and Thank especially you. making and the community. So um, no, you're you're not a brick on record. It's like you're like to to use a very uh, weird expression you're preaching the the righteousness like the truth Thank because you. that that's what it is when it comes to make a community i don't want to sound too much like a fanboy uh, but i'm kind of <laughs> Even though you are. i can kind of am so yeah um, well, well, no, thank I, you. I i i just agree with the fact that Uh, we we were talking about that with Rasmus the other day when we are talking about the, the the podcast and the gift of making is uh uh probably as much uh as as important as it is to make stuff for other people or to just share or um, what you are doing and and or teach anything. I mean, I remember being um a, a little kid and being in the garage with uh my dad or being in the living room with my grandfather and you they both taught me a few stuff like how to carve a stick with a knife how to start a fire how to yeah. stick weld how to drill a hole uh, when you want to put a frame of the wall or like small stuff like that yeah. and the, it all built up uh, to me being a maker and, and trying to make a living out of it and being um, like the handyman for my wife like doing everything around the house because that's uh, that's skills that you will need for the rest of your life if 100%. there is nobody to teach you that when you are a, a, a young person it might just be something so strange and so difficult for you so foreign to you that you will call for help and you will never have the spark or the kick in the butt to just do it yourself and you will end up like not having the pride of having done something uh, yeah. on your own Yep. or spending too much money for someone else to do it, which is fine because there's a lot of people uh, working in that trade that needs But imagine, the money. But imagine and, and somebody so who, who doesn't have the wherewithal or the... I mean, I'm saying this is a sad thing I'm about to describe. Somebody, You might pay somebody to fix your toilet or pay somebody to hang a door, but you can't pay somebody to have self-expression for you. You can't pay somebody to make yeah. that wallet for you that you've been envisioning. You know, you can, but it's not the same thing. It's like going to a shoemaker. You know, so that is that is what the maker community promotes is that idea that, you know, paying for something, but also getting that, getting that empowerment when you realize I could do this myself, I could do this for myself. I think myself. that's the key. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you if you have enough money, you can always buy the thing you dream of. Right. But you can never actually buy the feeling of accomplishment. Right. I mean, sort of you can by taking a class with someone or paying someone to teach you. But it is 
that feeling of accomplishment, it comes from within. It doesn't come from the fact that you paid for it yeah. or paid for the class or something. Right. And uh, I, I, I do a lot of uh, blacksmithing classes here in Norway. Yeah. About one a month through the whole year. And uh, you, you're, I, you're I, a student or a teacher? I teach. Yeah. And I often have people who come in and like they hardly know what end of the hammer to pick up. Right. And and then by the end of them and end, end of like a two day weekend class, like they have a couple of S-Sooks and a bottle opener and they all look ugly as hell, but they are so incredibly proud yeah. because yeah. it's the might have been the first thing they actually made. Yeah. Or like the first time they took something that seemed impossible, like taking something that is almost by definition immalleable like iron yeah. and then shaping it like it's plastic yeah. or well, clay. Red was there when we did those first few classes here at the house and it was exciting. Obviously, it was very exciting for the students, but it was exciting for me too because I was learning techniques with them that I had never done. Yeah. Oh, it was and, also and my had, beginning. We had Rory on last week, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. Is he? Was, he, yeah he's, he's fine. He's moved uh, from Colorado. You, could, to, you can listen to the episode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't want to air any dirty laundry, but Rory doesn't talk to me anymore. And I can't, and he, I don't know why. He won't talk to me. No, he, he, he had a hiatus from all the social medias for a couple oh. of years. Well, yeah, he blocked he me. He blocked me. Oh. <laughs> he didn't. He blocked me and won't talk, text me back or anything. I, I have no ill will towards him because I know he's had some struggles in his life, and you know I would love to get reacquainted with him if he listens to this. Rory, I'm loving. I miss you. So there you go. I I have a question for you, uh, Jimmy, because I I I still teach, and but I've been a teacher for many years, as everybody knows. Uh, everybody that listens to the podcast knows. Um, I I know that you've been. Uh, you were teaching in college uh, mm -hmm. for a long time, and uh, I, I don't remember exactly what was the the title of the classes, but it was all about inspiration, creativity. Three dimensional, yeah, three dimensional making. Basically, uh, it was a it was a graphic design class. It was a graphic design department. So my mm -hmm. class was defined as three dimensional graphic design only because of the department. But basically, anything. It was basically a maker class. I started in '94, and I taught it up until 2017 and yeah. it was teaching graphic design students to use their hands through making with plastic like uh, styrene plastic where you can make like small architectural models and any kind of model and vacuum forming working with clay hardening clay uh, baking clay like a like a fimo and also uh, resin casting latex molding book binding uh, soldering, all these basic skills that became defined as a maker, you know, all your basic skills that as a maker would use. And each week I would try and combine the lesson plans. So for instance, I did this, this, I did a series of, uh, classes where you would make something in clay, make a latex mold of it, and then make a one or two generations of it and then make a package design for it as if it was a product. Maybe oh, it was a perfume cool. bottle or a little puppet or whatever. Yeah. The marketing wasn't as strong as the technical making. So I, I said, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on here. There's the concept, which is important, but right now this class focuses on the hand skills, but you're gonna make a concept of, uh, you know, a little figurine, maybe it's like a collectible figurine, like a pet rock, for instance, you know, something fun. So there's a strong concept, the marketing of that concept, but also the packaging and how the packaging is part of the concept for instance the pet rock came in a little like a pet carrier even though it was a rock it was a joke and uh, it had air holes you had to get your pet rock and punch air holes in the top <laughs> so it could breathe put some grass in there for the rock 
you know, this oh, is all, this is, look up Pet Rock if you don't know. It's a funny example of, of good marketing. And I would teach all those skills, but primarily focus on hand skills, how to fold the paper and how to see the three-dimensional design of a, of a packaging laid out flat, uh, you know, how to apply graphics to it and the graphics program. Again, you know, just knowing which panel was going to face which direction when it folded up different types of materials to use, how to glue it shut, the different types of glues. So there's so many little decisions that go into all this stuff. Yeah. And so just to you, get the students on the right track. You, you taught that class from uh, 94 to 2017, right? So it's yeah. uh, 23 years of 23 years, yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, I, I bet your student uh, learned a lot. What I am oh, yeah. really interested in is what did you learn from these 23 years of teaching i uh, well i i learned that it's important for me to keep learning myself because even now that i'm teaching on youtube which is why when i was went through the mental decision to quit teaching i was like well i teach on youtube every day so it's the same thing yeah. it's not like i'm going to abandon the idea of teaching I, i think as a teacher you need to keep learning you know as a teacher you could never say i'm smart enough i know everything that's the death be open so many i learned i mean Just to go down the list of things, I learned so much about culture because all my students were, were, were international. Many of my students were international, even even students regional from America. You know, different parts of America. You learn about the students and you know their their, their habits and the you know whatever the culture. Even if they're from Louisiana versus upstate New York versus Minnesota. You know, there's there's so many. You guys live in Europe. I don't need to tell you the difference between you know just a few miles <laughs> and. Uh, definitely European students, students from Asia, Southeast Asia, students from uh, from India and Pakistan and South America. That was the beautiful thing about being in New York is just all the different cultures you get to be friendly with and get intimate knowledge of. But um, that and then also uh, the habits of young people, some not so great, some good, some interesting, you know, it's kind of helping steer uh The millennials into being a little bit more proactive i <laughs> became a little difficult because over the 23 years the first group of students were very oh let's make stuff because they were closer to my generation by the time i left it's like i don't know i'm never gonna need a book you know like eh, <laughs> oh, <no>. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know okay. just lazy, lazy. I, i'm gonna be an influencer i don't need to know how to do all this stuff but i'm like you paid uh, you know whatever maybe each class session was like hundreds of dollars just because of the tuition i'm like you, you know you do You're gonna sit in here from nine o'clock till three o'clock today. That's gonna be like three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Do you want to make that three hundred and seventy-five dollars last, or be potent, or have some some quality time with the teacher? Get involved. So, uh, and then another really important thing I learned is is how to keep people interested. You know, which I think also goes to the bottom line of my YouTube success: keeping people interested with a slight sense of humor not you know not overemphasizing comedy you know some people are too slapsticky but also keeping people's attention in class i would make sure i'd kept kept the students attention and then if i started seeing them waning i'd be like what's everybody listening to you know oh, what's the hot you know what's the hot movie you know and then oh you know it's the best and then all of a sudden they're like you bring them back to life and it's a like a lull during the day so laura has actually come to one of my classes laura and jocko both have been to my classes Yeah. Wow. 
So the, the idea of, uh, you know, there's so many nuances. You know, I, when we think about the teachers that we've all had, we've all had teachers, right? Think about the teachers that really, really got to the heart of what you were interested in versus the teachers that you were just like, oh, what a drip that person was. You know, I dreaded going to that class because that person was boring. They were shy. You know, you, need, you can't be a teacher and be shy. You got to be out there. You got to be willing yeah. to talk. You got to be willing to listen. It's really important. I mean, so many... English as a second language students would come and talk to me after class and I have to give them my undivided attention the love and respect that they deserve they're there for class they want to learn and so they want to know more about what I've said during class that maybe you know you guys both English as second languages I'm sure I want to be attentive and I, and I want them to understand that I care and you know so there's, there's a lot to it there's a lot being a teacher and like I said all that goes into my being a YouTuber now or content creator Do you have, like, or uh, maybe the better question is, like, how have you stumbled upon previous students of yours in sort of the Make You Swear and realized that, oh, shit, they gone far? Oh, yeah. There's uh, Steve Pellegrino was a student of mine. You guys know Steve Pellegrino, oh, wow. the knife maker? Yeah. Yeah, Steve was a student of mine. And I can't even remember when, maybe 2007-ish, 2008-ish. And Steve was always a great student. I mean, he wasn't into knife making while he was in my class. He was into everything else, though. He was kind of more like a generalist like me. And I remember right when he got out of school, or at least I discovered him a few years after school, I discovered him again on YouTube. And he had his YouTube channel. And on his YouTube channel, he was making surfboards and stuff. And when I think about when I oh, got yeah. reacquainted with him then versus losing touch with him again for another few years and then getting back acquainted with him now where he's just a blacksmith and a knife maker... Like I knew three versions of Steve. Steve is a student. Yeah. Steve is just a generalist, like trying to maybe do a YouTube channel, just kind of more for fun, not really aggressively. And then who he is now. And in, in a, he's a great example of, you know, a great relationship I have with one of my former students. And, you know, Steve is definitely in the family now, no matter what. And it's great to see him go from somebody that hardly knew anybody that I know. Now he knows everybody I know. And so many more people because of his his commitment to the knife making community you know it's, it's wonderful and there's another good student of mine who's from maybe 10 years before steve uh nick uh, nick bilton who is uh semi-famous in uh, american uh journalism he became a writer at the new york times and then he went on to work for i think he still works at vanity fair Oh, and he's uh, creating television concepts now with Netflix, and he wrote a a book called Hatching Twitter about the very beginning of Twitter. He's a he's like an investigative journalist. Cool. Yeah, and he's been a big yeah. inspiration to me. He taught me a lot about Illustrator, Photoshop, Final Cut Pro. It's, so, just a curious question then: like, do you see like the spark of who they are today? already from the school days or have they changed a lot since then no you know it, it the, the, those two guys for example and then there's uh, another guy named chris whose last name escapes me chris i see him every year at maker camp he comes with his dad um i'll remember his name by the end of this it's just he's got a french last name which i just can't think of but uh chris is uh <laughs> damn those, french like, names. <laughs> those damn french names i can't remember them. but those three guys in particular stand out because they had the fire in them from the second i met them you know it's, it was great yeah. to see steve pellegrino not know exactly where he was going to go with his with his with his making but now he's a specialist and then uh working with uh nick bilton for instance nick was he was he was an activist and there were several moments in time during 
while he was a student that there was he took up causes like local new york city causes and the way he would do his activism was he'd print posters and posters might have a message and he would go out he'd, he'd do wheat wheat posts with uh, with his crew of uh, vandals and they but you know vandals in in the name of good and justice and they'd po- do wheat posts around the city and but they would silk screen their own posters and they put them up so he had the activist streak in him which now he's a journalist and anything that gets his goat he wants to talk about he wants to write about and he came up with a, another very famous uh, journalist named David Carr, who uh, d- died of cancer a few years ago. But David Carr was a very, very famous journalist, and and he was a mentor of Nick's. And so it was great to see like these little sparks of these guys, and like this streak develops and becomes focused. Do you feel like you had a big? Do you feel like you had a, like a big influence on them? Like, did you actually? push them a bit or it's more like just letting them go out in the world I, I i think i mean i like to think that i had a little bit of a push and you know like if, if anything that i could have inspired someone like steve pellegrino or even nick who i just talked about the journalist it's the stick to itiveness it's to stay determined because so many young people now are flaky they'll be like maybe i want to do this maybe i want to do that i don't know maybe i want to do this and then also the idea of you know because it was fun to watch nick's uh, Nick Bilton's progression because first he was a he, I remember when he got the job at the New York Times as a graphic designer and he's like I'm the graphic designer for the cover of the of the the tech section the the tech section which was like a I think maybe it was every day or maybe it was Sunday the New York Times sections are like you know every Thursday they have this section and so on so he was the graphic design for the cover and then the person he was working f- in that department there was a person who uh, Nick was a little bit more cutting edge only because he was younger, maybe. Maybe it was a generational thing where he's like, oh, you know, there's this new information about the iPhone. And then I think they just were like, well, why don't you just write the article? He's like, okay. So he went from being a graphic designer to starting to be a contributor. And uh, the idea of stick-to-itiveness, the idea of, of, you know, hanging in there until more opportunities arise. I mean, these are the type of ethos that I would try and impart on my students. Also, take a job. Don't worry about the pay. Don't worry. Just take a job just to get inside. You know, so many young students are like, no, oh, no, they're only paying me 15 an hour. I'm like, well, okay, well, would you rather have nothing or $15 an hour? At least you're in the door. And then you never know. You might yeah. meet somebody that you both are complaining to the boss about, but together you guys develop a partnership and you become a writing team or you become a design team or you become a design firm. You know, so a lot of people cut themselves, they shoot themselves in the foot or they say that you cut your nose off to spite your face because like, yeah, I, I'm not going to take that opportunity because they're not meeting my needs immediately. But it's like you really got to go in there and explore, keep your mouth shut, listen, see where it goes. And who knows, you know, the, the, the person, you know, your soulmate or your business mate for life could be in there. You never know. You never know. Could be your boss that you right now don't know very well could make you his second in command because you guys connect in a certain way or you might connect with this woman or man in a certain way. You just don't know, you know? So it's, I think it's the idea of keeping your eyes and your heart and your mind open is really important. And these are the type of things I, I would instill on my students. And like, I kind of see it, definitely see it in Steve Pellegrino, you know, and the friendships and the, and the love he has for his, his contemporaries in the knife making world and, and a few others. I, I feel like a lot of my luck in like being self-employed as a black space comes from just happenstance encounters with good people yeah that just it either just nudge me to the right direction gives me some feedback that corrects something I've, I've been doing wrong or or even just someone who just blatantly asked like oh can you do this for me or can you help me with this or yeah. 
just gives me opportunity just because I happen to be at the right place at the right time and smile at them. Yeah, no, that's true. And then, you know, and they make a community. I mean, we, we could all give ourselves a pat on the back that we're not exclude. We're not. Ex we don't exclude anybody. You know, we might not see somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience and you go, oh, get the hell out of here. You don't know what you're doing. We would never say that to anybody. We'd be like, oh, oh, you're a beginner. Come in. Let me show you. Oh, this is Brett and, and this is Rasmus. These guys are going to show you how to get started. You know, like that's that's what we all do. You know, there isn't anybody at, at Maker Camp or in the Modern Forge or any of those guys. You know, they might be intimidating because they're so skillful. But like if you talk to Cliff Dufton or if you talk to John, if you talk to any of these guys, they would immediately be helpful and happy to show somebody new, you know, the way of the the way of the ninja, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a friend. A friend of mine. He grew up with a saying from his dad again, of like nobody benefits from knowledge locked away in an ivory tower. Right. I think that's roughly how it translates yeah, to yeah. English. And uh, and it's like yeah, you can sit upon all of this knowledge that might make you super cool and special but if you don't share them that no nobody will know first yeah. of all and nobody else will benefit from the things you've learned it's a good it's a good uh, you bring up a good point because i've had this conversation a few times most recently on a podcast i can't remember how or why but there's uh i always pitch television shows and i always get the opportunity to talk to production companies oh i think i talked about it when i was i'm going to be on this friday i'm going to be on uh, uh, full blast with uh, jeff fader but Ooh, the cool. idea of everyone says you what show do you want to do any show you want like what would be a dream show and i always say my dream show would be like anthony bourdain going and meeting makers but makers specifically that don't have an outlet like social media so you know maybe uh somebody that's in an exclusive tucked away tribe in south america that makes drums but doesn't have an instagram account meet that person and expose that person or maybe meet somebody of my dad's generation who doesn't even know what an iPhone looks like because he has no interest in it and sit with that person and expose whatever craft they are maybe they're a shoemaker you know and uh, you know they still make something a certain way they learned when they were a young boy or girl and so th that's always the fantasy is to get those people that are locked away in their own proverbial ivory towers and expose them share the knowledge before it's too late because you know a lot of these people are not necessarily they necessarily don't have access to the internet. They just don't want access to the internet because they didn't grow up with it. Do you think yeah, that's just... something that the the network would be interested on uh, in doing? Or do you? They always don't... say that's a great idea. How about making a show where you make robot cakes? Would you be interested in that? Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, I always pitch the idea, yeah. but then they're like, "We love that idea. That's great." You know what just came across the table? Would you be interested <laughs> something in completely different? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. making medieval weapons. I'm like, oh, I guess I could do that. That sounds like fun. What about making fun season two? Is it something that you are talking about? Is it no, like, no? Unfortunately, no? no. I mean, it's uh, oh, it's really a, it's really a heartbreak because I know so many young kids like your son, like they don't understand. Yeah. Like, okay, that was a fucking good show. Why isn't it not back? Oh, because uh, yeah. you know we didn't get seventy million followers. We only got you know fifty million. You know, there's all these like stupid thresholds that the algorithm at Netflix has emphasis on, and I guess we did meet some of these some of these computer algorithms. We don't really know the intimate details. It's just like, yeah, the show didn't get binged well enough, so we're not going to do it again. That's really the only explanation we got. Well, we watched it three times, so that's not on <laughs> us. Because well, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, my kid was so, so uh, I'm going to make sure they remove it. Red Smith's name from that list of potential people that are responsible <laughs> for no season two. 
<laughs> yeah, you can tell them that my son loves the 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 unicorn uh, <laughs> shitting oh, yeah. prinkles or sparkles. <laughs> or <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Love that. Well, uh, the fact that we got one season is 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 a miracle because there's so many moments Very along so. the journey of any TV show. It's just a gut feeling that gets it to the air. And, you know, a gut feeling at any given moment could just let go. Okay. Especially when there's Sorry. 30 people that have to have the gut feeling at the same time to get it to where it has to go. Sorry, I just need to rewind a second. Did your son watch Making Fun dubbed to French? Yeah. Oh, cool. He had to. Oh, I, I, for some reason... I, I I find it hilarious to think that Jimmy might sometime accidentally listen to himself in a different language and I have no idea what's being said, but yeah. recognize that it is maybe his voice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you you could do that. The the thing that they did with uh the next week next next no, damn it. The thing that they did with uh Netflix show, uh Making Fun, they translated it in French, but they the voiceover was on top of the English Uh, the, the the regular uh, uh, you can hear recording. me yelling but then there's somebody talking over me exactly yeah they, I saw they, clips they do of that it. a lot uh, with with American shows but they try to make it like the trans to translate the puns uh, which didn't oh. really work that well most yeah, of the it time usually doesn't <laughs> but but for the catapult uh, and and the trebuchet uh, they f they found some uh, poop, poop joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a kind of poop. So they they found some poop joke uh, that worked really well with the kids. So it was it was great. Um, so no, they, they, they did okay. They did okay. But yeah, the kid, I, I watched it on my own. Then the kid watched it with my wife. Then we watched it again, the three, the three of us together. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was it was a really really fun show. It was it was great. Thank the kid you. It was loved a lot it. Of fun. We loved it. So yeah, we were hoping for a season two, but. Yeah, it's 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 difficult. Do, would you miss not doing um, TV show anymore? Because I know you've done a lot over the years. There's so it, there's so few and far between. You know, it is exciting when when they come about again. It is exciting the excitement of the unknown, the excitement of, to be perfectly honest, the excitement of like meeting new people that are in the business. Because all of a sudden you're going to be saddled with a team of 20 to 30 people, and every one of those people are going to be brand new people to you. And, you know, they're all skillful. You know, Derek will tell you this. Watching the cameramen and that team do what they do and how passionate they are about it, it is really, uh, it really is infectious to watch somebody who loves what they do so much. And all the cameramen in almost every show I've ever worked on, they're such a passionate group of technicians and artists that they all have their own YouTube channel or their own film they're working on or their own film festival they're entering with their own project. But they do this too, and there is there is as heartfelt about capturing the fun stuff that we do as we are about making it, and it's really it's is really 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 a lot of love going on there with the cameraman and the team, and so that's exciting to know a new show is getting is brewing to the surface, and you know okay we're going to meet oh we're going to meet the producer for the first time, and you know you hope everybody gets along, and usually everybody does because it's such a privileged space that everybody's in, you know there's very rarely. In my personal experience, you hear about the horror shows, but I've never really seen anybody take full, uh, take it for granted the position they're in, and you know, be a prima donna and make a mess, and you know, cause uh, disturbances. Everyone's usually very pleasant and easy to get along with, and if they're not, they get shown the door. I've been in that situation too, but they usually, 
they don't suffer fools too easily. If somebody starts acting like an idiot, they go, okay, this is a this is a safe place. You're making it unsafe. You could leave right this second. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll adjust my behavior. You know. I I'm curious though, and by all means, it might be crossing some kind of line. No line. But how close are you to considering starting your own production company? Well, I'll tell you, it's funny because a lot of like when we did the show and uh, all the guys were like, we could do this, we could do this. But after we were all done doing it, everyone's like, this is a lot of fucking work. I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> because people even say it. My buddy was the other day, he thought he had a brainstorm. He's like, we could do a fundraiser, we could raise this. I'm like, there's the salaries for the hotel. Like there's the team, there's the ca the ten cameramen, the camera tech, the person in charge of like rolls of tape, the person in charge of the trailer, the person in charge of collecting the media, the person in charge of delivering the media. Then you have like ten PAs that just do whatever you need. This person in charge of getting food every day. This, this, and not to mention Mike, who had the vision of everything, who thought of it all. Mike and Todd were the the, the director and the writer, who were constantly palling up together and coming up with ideas and plans and. You know, taking all the interviews with the children and figuring out which one of those interviews are going to become an episode and then getting that kid back on. There's the wrangler for the child. So much that me as the creator that just wants to make the fucked up dinosaur or the fucked up boat. <laughs> that's all I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on who's getting lunch for what time, who's a yeah, vegan, no, who's course. not getting who's not getting milk for lunch. And, you know, uh, the, the camera, which which cameraman showed up late I saw everybody having to deal with all that. And me and Derek and Pat and Paul and John, we just had to sit back with our feet up and go, okay, guys, uh, in this episode, we're going to make a fucking robot that crushes pineapples. Like, okay, this sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of all that other shit, it takes it takes the, the joy of being creative out of it. When it's you have to deal with all of it. Job. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want a production company. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I get that. But at the same time, though, it's it has never been easier to make something that looks like a TV show almost by yourself. Right. Well, then also the I other mean, thing, too, is when you think of all the writers and the and the editors that yeah. went into like, because when they shot, they shot like five cameras all day long. When we shoot, when we shoot our own YouTube videos, we shoot one camera, hopefully in sequence. You don't want to use two cameras because if the time codes off, the cameras clips are going to be out of order in your in your timeline, you know, or at least in your in your bin and shooting five cameras all day long and then like when they put the camera down to like do some directing or to go fiddle about i'm like the camera's still rolling it's like shooting somebody's feet they're like yeah we just don't want to break the time code i'm like who's gonna sit Hold and look down. at this who's gonna <laughs> oh, look wow. at 20 minutes of the camera sitting on the ground this is yeah, what they do okay he's paid to do that yeah <laughs> it always and well, then like anyway. i fear like having having that much raw unused footage you might lose good stuff because there could be a gem somewhere in there but you're like you know what from here to one hour later is just nonsense who's gonna sit and literally look through it for one hour to find the you know the burp or the fart that could be a punchline somewhere on five cameras yeah. that's what i'm saying so yeah. you can yeah, imagine yeah. the amount of like they build the story they could build the story in 10 different directions with what the, the amount of footage they have who's saying what they can cut away from me when i'm in the background and go to paul and back back to me so I don't envy the amount of editing that has to take place. That's why there's a team of editors. That's what the show won an Emmy for the editing. Uh, but, uh, you know, just I get overwhelmed. I'm like, you know what? If I make a chair, I start at the beginning. I shoot it in the camera. By the time I'm done, if I take almost everything I shot, put it in the timeline, speed it up, 
cut out the segments where I walk away from the project and where I walk into camera because I'm starting and stopping the camera. Then I have a good video every week, once yep. a week. <laughs> I have a good 15 minute video making something. That's how I see um, production for television being frustrating, especially for you because you are, you are already teaching with your videos. Like every week you are, you are uh, working on your own so you can do whatever you want at your pace yeah. and switch from one project to another. Whereas shooting a TV show is like a lot of waiting, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but the time that everything is set up for you to be doing your thing in front of the camera, Uh, you you probably have to wait like an insane amount of time, uh, plus all the people taking this decision instead of you being the master of yeah. the the final product must must be very frustrating. Although, and and will will it uh, enables me to get back to the main topic. Um, this show in in especially this show, I think open up. Um, a new audience uh, to oh, yeah. to Our making kids. yeah uh, yeah especially kids but not only because uh, it was it was probably uh, directed towards kids and young kids like my son because they loved the show the way it was edited and the colorfulness of the show yeah. and the topics and and the builds and patlap and patlap Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but uh, all the parents also and 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 a public in Europe that probably uh, didn't know about all these American and North North American makers that were in the show. So yeah. again, it it I think it it gave more people the opportunity to discover that you can build fun stuff, cool stuff, or crazy stuff. With pieces of wood, a little bit of fur yeah. and and glue and and ropes, and and just have a good time with friends and and make uh, children smile. And and I think that's all it was about. So yeah, the gift of making I, was we, all there. We we definitely got a little charged, and I know from I could probably speak for Paul and Derek and John and 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 Pat also when we realized. Like we kind of had a little bit of a responsibility. Like we were just goofing off and like, like, I don't know, is this going to work? But then when we realized the kids were really interacting with it and how the kids, the interviews, how much fun we had with the interviews, like, okay, yeah. we're like these old TV shows, which maybe you guys won't get these references. In America, there was a show called The Banana Splits, which was a bunch of guys dressed up in monkey suits. And then there was like The Monkeys, the TV show The Monkeys. Remember the TV show The Monkeys? Yeah. You know? It was like a like a knockoff of the Beatles, but it was about these like five guys that were like knucklehead idiots always getting in trouble. And in my generation, I remember these shows and I remember the uh, the silliness and the creativity and and the wackiness of like the banana splits. If you look up the banana splits, you'll see that's from the '60s. I was born in '69. I was born in '67, and the banana splits was on TV like '69, '70, '75, and that whole creative team that made all that stuff. That's what we started to realize what we were doing. We were making all this sort of same silly, wacky shit that kids that are five, six, seven are going to remember when they're adults. They're going to be like, oh, I remember that crazy show where these guys would make stuff out of garbage and, and they would just goof on each other and have, have like a great friendship and have laughs and, you know, prank each other. And we started realizing that that's a, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of too just have more fun, lean into it and not get caught up in the politics of TV and not get caught up in the politics of what's my credit, not get caught up in the politics of how much am I getting paid and not get caught up in the politics of like, 
well, you know, Carolina Shoes is my sponsor, but you said I can't wear Carolina Shoes on TV. You know, like all this nuanced stuff, which kind of throws the creativity under the bus in lieu of, you know, not feeling like you're being taken advantage of by some big network. And I think we all realize that sense of like, let's just have fun with this because it's going to mean a lot to a lot of long, a lot of young people. And not not only when they will be adults. I see my kid. You have no idea the amount of paper, cardboard, and tape that he, he uses every week <laughs> right. because of the show and because he's building stuff all day long when, when he has nothing else to do. Not only when he has nothing else to do, but when he's like, I, I'm like, no, enough TV, en enough video game. Now yeah. go into your room and do something else. He builds stuff all the time. That's great. Uh, and that that's also because of the show or thanks to the show, should I oh, say. Oh, that's great. So many people said to us, and you know, we all get emails randomly because the show still randomly plays. My kid had no idea what I did in the workshop, had no interest, and now after your show, my child wants to come out and work with me every night. You know, that's great. And, that, and uh, further, uh, I mean, above making, above giving uh, children the creativity and, and the spark, as I, I, I said the whole show, it also gives the fathers good memories, good time with the, the, the kid, because yeah. that's that's what um, people call quality time with family. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't make sense to me, this uh, expression uh, doesn't make sense to me because right. reasons. But uh, spending time with your child making stuff. I remember being, uh, as I said, in the garage with my dad. Most of the time, the, the stuff that he taught me, uh, it, was, it, was not, it was not looking fun for him. To teach me that 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 kind of stuff, it was like kind of annoyed. Like you don't know to do that, and now you're asking me to show you, but I don't have time. I have shit to make. So I, now I understand because like when you're in a hurry and you have a project and you're in the zone, having a kid around and and like uh, show me how to do it. It's it's um, it's not annoying, but like it's slowing down your process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I can understand that. And sometimes my kid comes to, to, to the workshop when I'm working and I, I'm, I'm trying to show him stuff, but also I know that I have a deadline and, and I need to finish that like today. So, But the time that we spend together now, because of the show, because of this spark that you gave and, and so many people uh, gave us, brings up, uh, uh, enables us to create great memories, to share time making stuff. And that that's, that's the said quality time that that yeah. will last in our memories forever so yeah. that that's also good thing i think and I, i don't have any specific examples but i think I, i kind of vaguely remember the notion of now you have a child that wants to make a dinosaur that that shits tacos or throws up mm -hmm. tacos versus you know trying to teach the kid how to make a nightstand you're like eh, so yeah like, But so the idea of infusing some absurdity into the workshop, even if it's not going to be filmed, even if it's not for TV, but the idea mm. of taking this child's imagination and, and absolutely and and taking it and say, okay, oh, you want to make a a dinosaur that has wings that flies like a pig, you know, or whatever it yeah. is, and and then I think it makes it more fun for the parents too to have creative absolutely. time, you know, versus being like, 
okay, let's make a napkin holder. Like, yeah, napkin holder Unless sucks. they build catapults and throw shit against the wall right. where, uh, all, all around the house. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's great. No, 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 he's not doing that. The kid, my, my kid is absolutely uh, great and he's not doing that. He's, he's just making a lot of stuff. He, ma he made a castle the other day with tape and paper like That's the great. entire castle like model with the walls and the tables and the it was like just insane because of if of the thing that is so in 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 the show like you can do so much with so little yeah. just like take take a piece of wood take rope and and put them together and you will have a trebuchet or catapult or yeah. whatever so I, I, I think that's great. Um, um, one question for you, because it's uh, I'm curious about that, and I, I've been uh, meaning to ask you that the whole show. It's Christmas soon, like the the the, the today, the day this episode um, airs. It it's Christmas Day. What do you give to someone like you, to Jimmy Deresta, the guy that can make anything in the world? What <laughs> what's what's the best gift to give you? Hmm. You know, I, I always, I, I, I don't get too many gifts around Christmas. I mean, I get gifts all year long. And so I, I don't look at Christmas and be like, I expect this or I, I, mm -hmm. I want that. But I know that I like to give away tools. I like to give somebody the gift of a tool because with the tool, then you can make whatever you want. You know, the idea of giving somebody like a concluded craft done thing is not a big thing for me. Maybe, maybe I might give my mother something like that because my mother isn't going to use tools, you know. But I will give my mother like baby baking utensils, something that she because she does bake, and you know, give my my mother something like that. But I would also might consider give my mother a lamp or something made by somebody like us. Yeah. But, but what the, what what's the ideal gift for you to receive? What what's the I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, I like getting tools I, and, and journals, yeah. you know, some people like I'm, I'm holding a journal. My friend gave me this the other day, which is a really thoughtful gift. She gave me a journal with all Egyptian hieroglyphs on it. Oh, nice. She knows I like Egypt, Ooh. Egyptology. So, you know, the idea of uh, I kind of like mementos for me because I can I have everything I need. There's nothing I really need. You know, somebody might give me an old rusty tool. I've gotten that, too. Uh, that's fun because they know I like rusty shit. So somebody gives me a tool that needs to be fixed is fun. You know, just it's it's the sentimentality more comes through than than, you know, the, like an expensive thing or something that's shiny or, you know, a good pocket knife that I don't already have, which is hard to get by because I have everything. Um, yeah, you have a big <laughs> collection of knives. So I, I was I was curious if you were still uh, it was an ongoing collection or you oh, have, yeah. well, I'll I have, show you. I have too see, many. Is it still in my pocket here. Oh, here it is. Look, I just got this this afternoon. I bought it for myself for Christmas. It is a, a flip oh, open. Nice. It's a flip open razor knife, like you can get at any any hardware store. But this one's made out of titanium, and it was a hundred dollars. So it's got a lot of good care oh. and thought went into it. So it's like a combination I mean, of of a good quality, uh, like a maybe like a bench made knife, but that holds a razor blade. It's like it's like just the, the sound of that though. Yeah. Oh yeah. The sound. It's got a beautiful sound. It's kind of like. It's like the maker knife, but it's a fold-out one. It doesn't slide out. And uh, it's like the classic right. style we've all seen, but somebody just took it and said, let me make it extremely sexy and add a good material. So it's got a really nice flippity-doo. I got that this afternoon. It's like a $100 knife. So that came in the mail. So that's exciting. Cool. A nice little piece of tech. I mean, if somebody got me a cool Zippo lighter that had something interesting on it, that would turn me on. 
you know, so it doesn't take much. You know, I'm like really more into sentimentality than than expensive fancy gifts for me. And when it comes to rusty tools, the bigger the better, or just a simple pair of pliers. Uh, well, it all nice. depends on who's giving me the gift. For instance, Andrew Alexander from Blacksmith Tools. <laughs> He gave me, yeah. do you guys see the restoration that me and Rob did of a crane, of like a shop crane that rolls around? It's like a big giant cast iron hook that a chain yeah. comes yeah. down from. Yeah. That was a gift I got from Andrew, but Andrew's from Texas, so everything's bigger in Texas. So yeah. one day, uh, Chris Cash, you know, you guys know Chris Cash, go, yeah. you're going to be around later today, I got something to drop off. I'm like, yeah, I'll be around. <laughs> and he shows up with a long flatbed attached to his truck, and on it he has a big power hammer, and then this big giant... <laughs> He's like, that's from Andrew. He says, Merry Christmas. Take it off. <laughs> so we unhooked it with a forklift and it sat in the yard for more than a year until me and Rob finally got to restoring it. But I mean, that's the type of gift I get from Andrew. That, that was rusty. Incredible. It gave me more work than I really wanted. But at the end, we have a <laughs> yeah. beautiful piece of equipment, a great video, great content. Rob got to do some good on-camera work there. So, you know, the idea of this rusty old tool, which gives me gives me memories to and skill sets to develop. It's great. And then now versus I, I have, my buddy, I remember years and years ago, I posted a picture I found on Instagram. It's a pair of pliers that has a hatchet on one end and like a, a nail puller on the other end and a hammerhead on the other end. And I posted a picture of it. I was like, if anybody wants to get me a birthday present, get me this. I made it. I said it as a joke. My friend... Scott Rasmus, you might, Scott was the guy who was on the microphone, my silly friend from Texas who was hanging around with me most of the weekend. You were so yes, busy in the yeah. tent, so I wouldn't expect you to remember seeing him. But Scott found that somewhere in Texas and mailed it to me for my birthday. And that was like so beautiful because he's a beautiful guy. And so I just was joking. I just found this picture online that I've never seen this tool. And I put it on Facebook years ago. I was like, if anybody wants to get me this for my birthday. And then Scott got it for me for my birthday. He found it. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> this was before Google image search. It was a long time ago. When is your birthday? Because if people are listening to that and want to sell you tools, you, you have to, <laughs> April to know. 3rd. When's April 3rd. A April 3rd, 1967 okay. is my birthday. Noted. Yeah. I, I have a slightly like different question. Yeah. Uh, sort of still into gifting thing but like you making they're making fun tv show it's kind of a gift to all the kids of getting them inspired and getting them into making yep that's a good way to put it but how do you suggest that i could get my dad more into making <coughs> hmm. my dad he's 66 retired move up to my stepmom's uh, 300 year old farm he loves stacking rocks that's the only <laughs> thing he knows how to do <laughs> building stone fences i think uh I think oh, somebody's calling me. I don't know why. I think what you need to do is get him a kit. Get him something that uh, of a kit of something that like he'll he wants the end result, but he has to work for it. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe a boat or, or a kit of like a you know a garden track, a garden a garden uh, a garden wagon. Is what I picture. Oh. So you can pull rocks yeah. around. Okay. But he has to put it together. Mm hmm. I tried that with my dad. I, I bought him um, a lock with a lock picking set yeah. thing. Didn't work. I mean, <laughs> the thing. Oh, you stole it, didn't you? The thing flew through the window within two hours. <laughs> <laughs> he threw it away? <laughs> no, he, he gave it back to me. He's like, yeah, oh. okay, I, I can't do it. I don't have the patience to do it. So you, you keep it. Uh, that's so But funny. it's fun because it's like a, a transparent lock. So you can see everything that's going on in the inside. 
Ah. And the point is to learn how to lockpick things. Uh, so I did it. I succeeded. And I was like, yeah, now it's your turn. Learn if you want. And he was like, nope. After two hours, he was like, no. I'm tired of this shit already. So anyway, but that's a good idea. Yeah, tools. Tools is always yeah. a, a good way. I guess even even better would be sort of uh, separating out one of those things where my my either my stepmom or my dad says like, "Ooh, we need one a new one of these," and just give them everything they need to make that thing instead. Tools, yeah, I think tools or materials. Give, uh, but also, you know, the potential of giving somebody tools, obviously, but also a potential is like giving somebody material, give somebody like a nice plank of wood if they're if they're a maker. I've gotten. I met people at shows, for instance, and they like, I brought this for you, and they handed me like a piece of mushroom wood or something. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And the idea of like that could be anything I wanted to be hmm. forces me to use my imagination and my hands. I think it's it, it's I think there's just so many different forms it takes. It can take. Yeah, I'm looking to making sure that I'm, when I put myself on mute because I'm coughing, I want to make sure that I'm not. It, it works. Stop it. <laughs> you haven't heard me cough. You'll hear it on this uh, the sidetrack that I'm doing for you guys. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's okay. Magic of editing will yes. work. Russ, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Unless you have like uh, final words of wisdom, Jimmy. I'd say just stick to it. You know, so many people give up too soon. If it's something that you're passionate about, you just got to stick to it. Because a lot of people don't get instant results and they get discouraged. Got to stick to it. And then I talk a lot about in the, the Full Blast podcast about the reasons why you need to finish projects. You need to check them off your list, look behind you and say, I started that. I struggled through it to the very end and I finished it. It's really something very important about that. So going into 2023, everybody's, uh, what, is, what is that thing? Will you promise you make to yourself for the new year? Resolutions. Yeah, resolutions. Yeah, resolution. Finish. Just finish it. It's simple. Just finish it. Even even if it turns out ugly and horrible. Well, that's it. You know, people it. might get discouraged halfway through it, and then they give up on the and the on the the start side, and they don't know what they could have discovered on the on the finish side of things, because they gave up. You know? Every single project has an ugly face. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah, I saw something posted the other day. It's like, I wish I could remember it. I know the friend who posted it, so I could ask her where she got it. But it said, every artist process. I love this idea. This is the greatest thing in the world. Oh my God, why the fuck did I think I could do this? I'm going to kill myself. I'm such a piece of shit. I'm garbage. Wait, this isn't so bad. Okay, all right. I love this now. Like it goes <laughs> yeah. through like yeah. 10 things and, and then it's exactly the way. It's You go through like, that's, oh, honestly, that, it's so funny. Honestly, that's been exactly my week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've been working on this uh, cover for an old well and the well is like six meters, no, six feet in diameter. About uh no yeah anyway it it's big and uh i've been struggling with getting like the centerpiece in it because it's two halves of a dome and then there's an open center that i'm going to that i was making some decoration to fit in and then i'm just been spending week and a half just bashing my head against trying to make the design i had in mind work and then realizing there's no good way of making it work and i have to adapt and change it oh yeah make it different uh which is like yeah 
it's a nice learning experience, but it's really frustrating yeah. when sort of like, yeah, I was hoping to already be up at the uh, old farm with my dad and celebrating Christmas. Like, no, I need to get this done. It's like, shit. Well, if you you have a timeline is one thing, but the, sometimes when you, 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 you shoot for a sh the vision and you don't hit it and you yeah. go, all right, this has gotten too far. I can't manipulate it much further. Let me just finish this and then make it again. Then when you make it again, you have a better start point because you, you know the, oh, yeah. the pitfalls if, if you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and, and there's definitely elements of this that I want to ma make work again, but maybe in something different. Yeah. Uh, where I, I, if I can describe it sort of short, uh, shortly, um, the whole dome of the well is consisting of like 12 bars coming up to the center and there's like a circle in the center, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. And then I wanted to have each of those 12 bars sort of continue in a spiral going towards the middle of that circle mm -hmm. and elevating mm -hmm. and forging that by hand when you don't have a coal forge is an absolute bitch oh, because there's no good way of heating longer stretches right. in a gas forge that it doesn't fit in right. and using a torch gives it too short of a heat and then there had the issue of because there was like 12 loose arms I had no good way of making that secure so that if someone were to climb upon it, it wouldn't just collapse Oof. or bend. So it's like trying all of these different ways of making it work. And then I just got stuck on the whole premise of I, I can't make the arms that spiral consistently both inwards and upwards at the same time with the tools I have available at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, if that's it really helps. But from what you described, obviously, I'm not there. I don't see it, but it yeah. seems like to me what i would do is i would i would make all the spirals flat just to get that in that one plane get that done yeah then heat it up and try and stretch it up and out but not before i welded it together a little bit so that i can then cut yeah. the welds off later yeah i i i try that but i don't have a good way of heating it yeah it's a yeah if it's a big piece it stretch uh, upwards yeah i mean uh this just the centerpiece here is, is two feet in diameter that's the centerpiece. And yeah. yeah, and then the well itself is 10 feet about. Ah, you'll figure so it's, it out, it's a I'm big sure. Thing. Yeah, I, I have, I, I started working on a, a simpler version today and I got it nearly done. So it's getting there. It's just like, oh, I wanted m more elevation to it to make it yeah. look more interesting. But, but just to use this as an example to make a point, you get yeah. to, you, you, you have a, a problem, you can't solve it right away, but you get to the point, it's like kind of, it's like climbing halfway up Mount Everest and then being able to mm -hmm. like, gently walk to the bottom and going back to the halfway point easily. Yeah. Because you spent all this time walking up the mountain. You can take a break, go walk away from the side. Of, you know, now you instead of now you could go right back to 12,000 feet because you have all this mental practice. And then you, yeah. then you start, yeah, you absolutely. can start tomorrow or next week at 12,000 feet to go back up to the top again until you get to your solution. Yeah. And so that's something to remember is that every time and any, any energy you're putting into this is not lost. Because you're going to go right oh. back to all that learning is behind you now. So when you get back to trying to solve the problem, you're like, ah, I, I, I'm much more educated on this thing than I ever was before. So you're priming yourself for the future so solution. Uh, very much so. And like I, I've mentally already figured out like what tools and jigs I need to make yeah. to, <coughs> to have this work better. Uh, and like a whole lot of different things. But um yeah no that's just what i've been struggling with this week it's good but, it's a good uh, learning process we yeah i think so i mean uh we have a stupid expression in norway saying that when it, uh, it's when you're climbing 
upwards it's going upwards it's stupid in english but it's sort of the whole concept of when you're, when you're struggling upwards that's when you're climbing up it's sort yeah, of similar to what i said that, yeah similar similar in way, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I guess it actually works with Everest metaphor as well yeah. uh but before we sort of uh, round off with some focuses the recommendation thing uh i've just finished telling me about the week uh, my, my week so far and then red can do the same mm-hmm. We just usually do that at the beginning, but we know ourselves and how easily distracted we are with guests. <laughs> so we figured it's better to have it at the end instead of trying to shoehorn it in between a good conversation at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, I've just been struggling with that. And we finally got the concrete base for the new power hammer cost at workshop. Ooh, nice. So by over Christmas, I hope we can start turning it on. That's cool. Nice. It's uh, three months behind schedule, but yeah, hopefully but, but it's soon. Done. But it's done. <laughs> it and it's happening faster than you fixing your car and getting the internet. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> I, I think true. I'm winning. That's that's very true. <laughs> Speaking of internet, um, yes, I, <laughs> I spent a week of angry phone calls, and finally, I think we're getting somewhere uh, because the company that was supposed to do. Uh, so Jimmy, to sum it up, uh, it's been four months since I've I the building I'm living in has been plugged to the optical fiber, and I'm trying to get plugged my not myself but like the apartment to be connected to the optical fiber. The, uh, is, you would plug yourself too if you could. Yeah, uh, I certainly will um, if I can. Uh, so it's been a struggle for four months. Uh, I did a very angry phone call to the person in charge of the building last Friday. On um, Tuesday, uh, the guy responsible for the uh, installation came back, uh, said that he couldn't do anything. So after a Another conversation with the uh, person in charge of the building, uh, a guy came and will install whatever needs to be installed by the end of the month so I can finally uh, get my uh, optical fiber internet connection uh, done. Uh, And I will start 2023 in like, plugged with high-speed internet and it's gonna be great so that fingers crossed man yeah i hope i I hope it will work out and other than that did a lot of leather work uh finished uh cosplay for a client and and that's about it so i I mean you told me it's cosplay but it looks like a bdsm thing uh it uh, it kind of does but it's 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 cosplay i swear okay (laughs) if you say so (laughs) so that's my week uh and that's it Jimmy, do you have any recommendation? Like we call that focuses, but it's usually uh, called uh, shout out to anyone in particular. Uh, let me see. Um, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to shout out everybody that worked on the great guitar build off. If you went to the uh, yeah, just to give it some more eyes, because uh, maybe twenty people made guitars for the great guitar build off. That included, you know, me and Bob and Dave. Um, and everybody else <laughs> so go to the great guitar <laughs> i couldn't think of anybody fast enough but the great guitar build off um uh who else i don't know jocko my good friend jocko jocko might be coming to america in, Jan- in january so it'd be nice to see him shortly if he comes yeah um who else shout out just go to the maker community just go follow everybody on instagram Watch making fun again, just, just in fun. case it miracles can happen. Yeah, <laughs> watch making fun, and then I don't watch much TV, but you know what I've been watching lately, which I find is extremely funny. Uh, Afterlife with uh, yeah, 
What is his name? The guy from The Office, the, the chubby comedian from Britain. Uh, um, let me. I now you've asked. I I won't find it. But uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I've been of watching Afterlife with Ricky Gervais, <laughs> which is very funny and also very poignant. Yeah. Like kind of, there's like like little moments of sadness in it, but it's yeah, that's a great show. He he plays a great, he plays a great being like a compassionate character and also being an asshole. But he can find the compassion in the conversations that he has with the people that need it. You know, it's it's he plays it so well. I mean, if you know, if there was an Oscar for that, I'm sure he would be a good contender. Although the series is old, but I'm slow to adapt to TV shows. It takes me a while. Great. And nice. you know how I found? You know what made me find that show? You laugh. Is no. these like little clips on Instagram, the reels? Oh, yeah. I've been seeing clips, and I'm like, this is so funny. Who? Somebody like I said to somebody, I go, what is this show? And they told me what it was, and so I went on Netflix and found it. Yeah, that's a great show. I I really enjoyed it. And you're on TikTok now, Jimmy, as well. I've yes, seen. Yes, yes. The, the TikTok stuff I'm doing is really just. Uh, I have a group of guys just making video clips out of my old stuff. For now, that's cool. Occasionally, nice. I'll do yeah. a spontaneous one, but for the most part, they're handling it because TikTok is a very complicated mystery for 55 year olds. So. <laughs> I think it's a mystery for everyone. But I, yeah, some people. I've, I've been yeah. trying to make TikTok work, and it's like sometimes it almost and sometimes it doesn't so it's like yeah no oh you know another good thing to that i want to recommend the great guitar build-off was a good group effort by the maker crew and then also the the secret santa that i did with the kids event stuff crew oh yeah the secret santa is good so if you go to my latest video where i make a leather bag for uh, becky stern and then i received a chinese signature stamp from xyla Oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah it's a that great, cool. a great series. Everybody made something fun and cool. So go check out that the Secret Santa. All the links to all the videos are in all of our most recent videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can find a playlist and share that directly. Yeah, the playlist is in everybody's notes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Cool. So my focus of the week, uh, similar to Jimmy's one, like the the Christmas, the the Secret Santa thing that that you did, Jimmy. Uh, is the um, kind of the treasure trade that that we used to do uh, in oh, the yeah. Fools Wheels Tool group yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. every year? It's been a, a, a very same but different version this year. It's like the I don't remember how they call that trinket uh, trade. Trinket trade. Yeah. yeah. So it's a smaller <laughs> gift because people are busy, especially at the end of the year. So a smaller gift to to. Uh, random people uh, within the group. I've That's seen cool. pictures of uh, the gift. Uh, looks amazing, like uh, every year. So um, yeah, focus on that and to all the people that got involved this year. I didn't. I didn't have the time this year, but I'm really Slacker. looking. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm really <laughs> looking forward to to get involved uh, again next time. Uh, I've mm. seen wonderful stuff. So yeah, shout out to them. Yeah. Yep. 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 And 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 me. Yeah, my focus. Yours. Nice. Uh, Erik Grantqvist, a Swedish fella, 18 years old, mm -hmm. who walks into the forest in Sweden, and spends three years building a log cabin. Oh yeah, someone. I've seen that. That's oh. amazing. Uh, so he has a YouTube channel, million subscribers, three years old channel, and he's published maybe 30 videos or something. And what's it? What's and, the name? I'm gonna write it down. Uh, I'll send it to you. Okay. Uh, it's Erik Grantqvist. But I'll I'll send it to you okay. because Swedish is weird. It's weird to Norwegian, so don't trust it. <laughs> uh, but uh, and he over the course of those three years, he's turned into quite uh, a filmmaker and a, a YouTuber, I dare say. 
even though his whole premise is that he sort of didn't feel connected with anyone around him in Stockholm. And somehow his parents just gave him, when he said like he wanted to go into the forest when he was 18 and just fuck off, his parents said, okay, good luck. Here's a GoPro. Please film something. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's good parenting. <laughs> his most recent video, which is a couple, maybe three weeks old now, <laughs> is a super cut of these last three years wow. of this whole project, starting with clearing out the forest and then setting windows in and finishing by hunting a wild or shooting a wild boar and inviting his whole family to dinner with a table and chairs <laughs> wow. in a house he built and all of that. That sounds it's great. 90, it's nearly 90 minutes long, but like if you if you enjoy sort of this in-between of slow TV and fast TV kind of thing, where it's like there's a lot of happening because it's three years, but it's slow cuts, it's no talking, it's all nature and working. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So Great. if you want something in the background, that's I think that's a really good one. Perfect. Very cool. I'm looking forward Jimmy, to seeing that. Thank you so much for thank you guys. taking the time to be with us. Uh, well, I know you you made uh, a lot of people happy uh, by thank being you. with us today. So <laughs> thank, you. thank you again. Looking forward to see you again at Maker Central in May next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And and looking forward to your next videos, TV shows, uh, posts and everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, for those people, though, again, only my friends probably, who don't know you. <laughs> That's still uh, even where, under a Where should rock? I find you? Uh, <laughs> my name is J-I-M-M-Y-D-I-R-E-S-T-A, Diresta. Just Google D-I-R-E-S-T-A, Diresta, and you should be able to find something. Uh, I'm the Diresta um, with the most YouTube followers. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> On any of the platforms, almost. <laughs> yeah, there's other Diresta's, but I'm the one with the most followers. Jimmy is everywhere. You're, you're winning. I'm winning. Are you, are your brothers on any of the socials? My brother John is, but he's you know he's yeah. second the generation after me that kind of doesn't really understand how to use any of it. Yeah. He's in okay. the generation that doesn't understand it, so he just keeps taking pictures of himself. So then understand what TikTok is. <laughs> okay, he's one of those. Yeah, you know, you know those people yeah. that just like every picture looks like they accidentally took a picture of themselves and they were playing with their phone, <laughs> and then they post it anyway. <laughs> yeah, but your sister is is a jewelry maker. That's right. That's right. My sister's a jewelry yeah. designer, K Duresta Designs. Yeah. And she does gold and platinum jewelry. And she does, she's been doing more reels now than ever before. She's only really kind of just, she got started late because she's got a lot of other things to deal with. So check out K Duresta Designs, K for Kathleen. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely give that a search. And my other brother is not on any social media because he doesn't want anybody to know anything about him. <laughs> okay. It's the opposite Fair of enough. And, and, and here's you telling everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Res, where people can find us. Uh, people can find us collectively at two thirds focused on any of the mostly social places, including Patreon at two thirds focused to patreon.com slash two thirds focused if you spell it out because numbers are weird. Absolutely. I think that's the census we have. Yeah. And you can find me at Rasmus Lowen and Lewinsmed.no. And I do have two by 72 grinders now for sale in Norway. Ooh. And probably even hits coming. In a <coughs> And wow. you can find me at the Redsmith or Redsmith everywhere on the internet, but not this week because I'm on vacation. So. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Good to see you guys and uh, have pleasure. a Merry Christmas and a, and a wonderful New Year. Do you too.
You too, man. And to bye-bye. all the listener, Merry Christmas and bye. Thank you. Love you. <laughs>